You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. last couple weeks uh, you've been dealing a lot with uh, repentance here which is always a great thing for a church to be dealing with right repentance literally meaning turning away turning away from sin this is something that we all should be doing as churches should be doing then a question uh, arises well turning towards what turning away from sin but then turning towards what Uh, and here's where our work tonight comes in the replacement principle Uh, and this was the title of the message I gave back in mid-may uh, I'm a teacher, right? So obviously, I want to give uh, give a quiz, right? So, here, so here's your quiz. Can anyone remember what the replacement principle is? Anyone remember? Yes. Is it you have to replace a bad habit with a good one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, we replace bad or sinful habits with good and righteous habits. We can't just stop doing a bad habit. Right, because we are habitual creatures, right? We have we're going to follow some habit or, or pattern. We can't just stop doing something. Uh, and they say we couldn't stop breathing, right? Or of course we die when we stop breathing. We can't just stop habits. We have to replace them. Uh, so we aren't good. If we're going to stop a bad habit, we need to replace that with a good or righteous habit. Now, does anyone remember where we looked? in the New Testament to find the replacement principle. There's actually a lot of different places that we can look, but does anyone remember the main one that we looked at? Jim is doing hand signals back there. I don't know if that's his soccer coaching. (laughs) Give you a hand, it's in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. So uh, you're welcome to pull that up on your phones if you'd like. Uh, You might want to refer to that uh, during the exercise we'll be doing here in a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, do it from memory. Uh, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Right? What I'm calling the replacement principle is what Paul says, put off, put on. We need to put off the old, the sinful, the bad habits. We need to put on the good, uh, the righteous habits. Um, a few, uh, forgetting my notes. Uh, I reworked things I was sitting there. I should never do that. Uh, a few things, and then we're going to move into kind of a, a practical time of, of helping each other think about how we might uh, replace uh, certain, uh, certain bad or sinful habits. Uh, a few uh, kind of reminders, I guess, from, from that message. First, uh, understand this replacement principle, putting off uh, old habits, putting on new habits, putting off sinful habits, putting on righteous habits. Understand, this isn't like basic like Bible uh, Bible truth. This is this is simple psychology. Uh, any counseling program out there, any uh, addiction program that's going to have success follows the replacement pattern. Uh, 
right? Because it's how God made us, right? We are creatures of habit. We're going to do something. Uh, we're going to fall into certain patterns. Our desires are going to lead us into certain patterns, right? So we can't just stop doing something. Uh, we have, inevitably, we're going to start, if we stop one habit, we're going to start something else. Uh, and it's not uncommon, you know, when we try to stop a bad habit that we end up replacing a bad habit with an even worse habit, <laughs> unless we're intentional uh, about replacing bad, sinful habits with good and righteous ones, right? This is the uh, Jesus' point uh, about, you know, casting out the demon, but then the seven come in, right? You know, if you make your focus, well, I just, I just need to stop, whatever, I need to stop getting so angry. Maybe you stop getting angry in a particular circumstance, but maybe you start getting angry in seven other circumstances uh, because you have a bad goal, right? You're trying to stop something. That's not the way that God made us. God made us to be creatures of habit. Um, you know, and, and the truth is, there's a lot of non-Christians out there who practice the replacement principle really well, and there's a lot of Christians out there who, who don't, right? Um, I think the difference really is not, you know, Christians succeed and non-Christians fail. I think it's more just motivation, right? Why does a non-Christian want to, you know, get over a bad habit and, you know, get healthier habits? It's, it's something to do with, with, with self, right? You know, they want to be happier. They want to be healthier. They want to have more peace in their life. You know, all good things. Uh, but for the Christian, why do we uh, want to put off bad or simple habits, put on good and righteous habits? It's ultimately because we want to glorify God. Uh, it's because we love God and we want to show that, and we show that through following, uh, through replacing bad and sinful habits with good and righteous ones. Um, second thing, for the Christian, replacement is both a mental and a spiritual process, right? It requires work on our part, particularly the work of getting the Word of God into our lives. And yeah, that can mean, can mean like, you know, having a daily devotions. It can mean... Um, memorizing scripture but I think it starts with just wanting God's word to be a part uh, you know hardwired into us uh, wanting God's word to become part of our DNA so we don't even really have to go and, and like read it it's just it's in there right I mean, think of Psalm when's the last time we read Psalm 119 it's a it's a weird weird song right it's a love song to law writes a love song to, I, I like the Bill of Rights. I'm not going to write a love song to the Bill of Rights. David writes a love song to the law. Uh, it's, this is, but this is the kind of attitude we need to have towards God's word is we have to want it to, 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 to love it so much that we want it to be a part of us, be part of our DNA, something that's just, just is in there, right? Uh, as we do that, right, as we make that uh, part of, of our, uh, you know, uh, daily, weekly, yearly effort, uh, we give the Spirit of God within us something to work with, right? God, God uses uh, the Word of God. The Spirit uses the Word of God to transform us, to make us new in the attitude of our minds, as Paul says in Ephesians, right? Uh, so we need to do our part, uh, which is surrounding ourselves with God's Word, falling in love with God's Word, internalizing God's Word, uh, but then that gives the Spirit something to work with, right? Uh, our mind is, is changed and transformed. And, and maybe you notice that. Maybe you notice new patterns of thought uh, in your life. That's not you, right? That's the Spirit of God using the Word of God 
uh, to transform you. That's the Spirit of God putting those thoughts uh, within you. Uh, and kind of the third point related to the second point, understand this principle of replacement uh, is ultimately uh, a matter of grace, right? Not of human effort. Um, as Christians, we like to magnify our successes, but also magnify our, our, our failures too. Uh, when we do that, uh, what we show is that we're ultimately trying to work towards our salvation. It, it's, it's subtle, but we do it all the time, right? Uh, this is a pretty perpetual problem in the church. I think uh, when, I, when I spoke in May, I referred to Galatians. The book of Galatians is a great book for, for everyone to go through at least once a year is to uh, remind ourselves that we cannot earn our salvation. I think I referred to Galatians 3.1. Paul says, you foolish Galatians, having begun in the spirit, do you think now you're going to be perfected uh, through your own effort? Uh, when, you, when you put it that clearly, of course, it sounds really kind of silly, but we do that, right? Whenever we magnify our successes at replacement or magnify our failures, we're showing that uh, we're not living in grace. We're trying to earn our salvation in some kind of way, and that's impossible. Uh, another passage I want to leave you with before we kind of move into our practical time is uh, Ephesians 2, uh, verses 12 and 13. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, uh, for it is God who works into you to will and to do according to his good purpose. Now, that, that, that first phrase can be can taken a lot of, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. It can be taken a lot of different ways. What I, what I think what Paul's saying there is, hey, take the Christian life seriously. Take growth seriously. Don't take any kind of ethical vacation as a Christian. Uh, but, but be vigilant about recognizing the sin in your life, repenting of it, and replacing those sinful habits with righteous habits. Do that, but do that in the confidence that God is working in you through the Holy Spirit. Right? God is working his will out in our lives. So it's a partnership that's pictured there uh, in Philippians, that we do our part of replacing sinful habits with righteous habits, but we understand that God ultimately uh, is in ways we might recognize, ways we might not recognize. God is working in us. Uh, to bring about that work, right? So we can continue to be faithful, not get sidetracked by guilt, not get sidetracked by pride. We can be faithful at repentance, faithful at growth in the Christian life uh, as we uh, trust God, trust that God is working in us through, through the Holy Spirit. So um, what I want to do with the rest of our time, having kind of gone through and, and, and reviewed a little bit this, principle of replacement, I wanted to move into kind of a workshop time now. So uh, at our tables, maybe you'll have to move around. If you're just one person at a table, maybe you want to move uh, to a table with two or three, you know, get in groups. But what we're going to do uh, for about eight or ten minutes uh, is at our tables is have a conversation about uh, replacement. Uh, and this can be personal or this can be uh, Objective, right? Uh, make it personal in, in the sense of, well, here's something that I have struggled with in my life. Here's a bad habit or a sinful habit. What do I need to do? Like, what should this be replaced with? Uh, so feel free to talk personally at your tables. But if you don't want to do that, feel free to talk objectively. Like, imagine the hypothetical person who's struggling with a particular issue. <laughs> what would you, would you, I mean, we just want to have a conversation uh, at your tables <coughs> about uh, 
whether it's something you personally are struggling with or something you know that people in general struggle with, uh, what would we replace that bad or sinful habit with, right? What is the opposite of that thing, right? We just want to have you know, some practical time of thinking about, all right, how do I, or how does this abstract person, uh, maybe the person sitting next to us, not me, but the person sitting next to us, how do they need to change and grow? Uh, what, um, you know, what do they need to replace that bad or sinful habit with? So we'll have that conversation. Uh, just to help get us started, right? Paul in, in verse 25 of Ephesians 4 kind of gives us uh, a picture of what this looks like. Uh, he says, let him who steals, steal no more. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, right, the thief should stop stealing. He says, let him work with his hands so he can provide for himself and for others. Right? It's not enough. Repentance is not simply, uh, well, I'm a thief. I stopped stealing. All's good. No. <laughs> uh, that's not the way we're hardware. That, that person is going to... They didn't stop stealing. Maybe they stopped stealing, but they're going to end up following into some other uh, bad, depraved habit unless they are replacing their sinful habits with righteous habits. And what Paul says, look, the opposite of stealing is giving. Stop stealing from others. Start working so you have something to give to others. This is the conversation I want us to have for eight or ten minutes. We'll come back, uh, see what you came up with, and uh, have a little bit of uh, uh, have a little bit of uh, kind of conclusion time. There. Sound good? So move around as you need to, and uh, I'll come down and join the table too. Uh, so any any good helpful conversations? Anyone want to share? We talked about at your table. We'll just we'll just go a few minutes. I know time is against us. Well, I'll say I get uh, really jacked out of shape worrying about my kids. I'm really coming. What's that? Worrying about my kids. Ah, uh, worrying. What do we replace worry with? <laughs> Trusting the Lord to take care of them. <laughs> Trust? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worry is, is is one of those those great ones, right? Because I mean, so much of our failure in Christian life comes from failing to recognize that we need to replace the, the sinful habits in our lives. We need to replace those with righteous ones, right? So, you know, we have a struggle with worry. I worry. I, 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 probably a lot of people in this room struggle with worry about, so we all worry about something, right? It's, I think it just, we worry about different things. Christy and I worry, but we worry about very different things, right? Uh, if we make it our goal, well, I just need to stop worrying so much. That's not going to work. Right? We're going to continue to worry because we need to replace worry with with trust, right? You know, and, and how do we, you know, practically how do we develop trust? Good conversation we can have. <laughs> the answer straight up. Huh? I was hoping you'd have the straight up answer for that. <laughs> you know, cultivating trust. I think it does begin, as Paul says, with, you know, being made new in the attitude of our mind, right? So, if I'm worrying about something, I need to recall the scripture that's relevant to that particular worry. I need to have that filed away that I can pull that one up, right? Uh, or even just a general thing. Uh, I didn't really like having going to a Christian day school for all my life, but... 
some of those some, you know, some of those songs like Psalm 56:3, what time am I am afraid I will trust in Thee. There's my King James, okay. uh, but what I will trust in Thee, right? That stuff's just hardwired in there from singing that stupid song from since I was three, you know, five or six years old. But it's there, uh, and it's a reminder that when I am worried or scared about something, that's not a God-pleasing emotion, right? And so, I, and then I need to have other scriptures filed away, right? But, but I think it's more than just trust, right? Because trust is an attitude. Trust then has to manifest itself in action, right? So it's, right, I worry about my kids. A lot of us worry about our kids. What do we replace that worry with? We replace that with trust, but then what are the appropriate actions reflecting that trust? You know, maybe if it's a, I'm worrying about my kids, maybe I need to, right, what am I doing to show love to my kids? Right, so, I don't know, maybe I need to, maybe I need to call them or, or, or pray for them or send them an encouraging note or something like that. I, I need to do some kind of action that reflects that trust, right? Trust which it just stays up here and doesn't manifest itself in action is trust that's not really going to last. Uh, maybe one more. Yes. Okay, we are uh, always about complaining. Complaining? Complaining. No, complaining all the time. And my version was <laughs> that I have been through so much, you know, and I was telling Chris and that uh, I want to take my complaining and change it off to use it as a goal, you know, to something different, you know, to chapter for our father, you know, but whether it's that it's just like, you know, instead of complaining about everyday complaints about, oh, this, oh, this, or this, hurt, that, hurt, you know, different things, let's change that up, let's use that as, you know, just, yeah. um, Pat, Pat, you are alone in <coughs> No one else in this room struggles with complaining. Yeah. <laughs> no one else, only you, Pat, so no, we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just like we all, we all struggle with worry about different things. We all complain yeah, about different things. Well, what she's saying too, you know, with the, you know, on her part too, you know. So the thing about it is, like, like I said, when we, when, when I was trying to do it by myself, it didn't work. You know, all that I had to do was just complain all the time. You know, but then when I, and everything was shutting down when I tried to do it, when I gave it to God. It's just like it's, everything is just coming in place. It's just like that. And I stopped complaining on it, you know. I just gave it to him and let him work it, you know. So I couldn't do his job for him. And he had to show me that, you know. After he showed me that, I tried off to it and I stopped complaining and everything falling in places now. Yeah, so so you replace complaining with giving it to God. Like what, what are other ways we can understand that giving it, you know, giving yeah, okay. it to, to God? Is God, that? Okay, my goal was steady complaining to God. Oh, well, I got angry, okay? Just being yeah. really, really true. I got really, really angry watching how things was failing for me. And, you know, so I got angry. I, I did. I was getting angry with God, you know? And then I sat up there and I stopped getting angry. You know, I'm like, God, I can't, I can't lose my faith in you, you know? But like I was telling them also, it says, you know, yeah, we got to sit, don't, you don't ask God for something and try to do it yourself. If you ask it for it, you leave it there. And let him work on it for when he decides to spend time. 
we can choose our, our destiny or time or stuff, you know. It's up to him to do it. When he wants to do it and when it's that time. And when it's that time, you know, you and he let you sit back and see that you have learned that we can overpower him. That's when it all comes to place. And this is why I gave it to God. Yeah, I mean, complaining, whatever the complaining is about, does reflect a kind of lack of lack of trust, a lack of faith, particularly a lack of trust and faith in God's goodness, right? Yes. Uh, a lack of faith in God's justice, right? You're, God, you're good, but not to me. God, you're just, but not to me. Right? And, you know, so it, it's, again, it's being made new in the attitude of our minds. It, it's, it's returning to trust and, and faith, and, and that's an issue of, you know, where the relevant scripture where the the, the you know, word the god's truth that we need to be focusing on but but then again um if if complaining is a habit it's a complaint you know it's a common habit what what do we replace that with so what should be coming out of our mouth instead of complaints right is it uh is it, is it gratitude uh is it praise is it uh, and, and, and if complaining reflects a kind of self-focus, do we need to then be more intentional about uh, speaking words of encouragement to other people? Yes, that's right. And so instead of thinking about all the the, the, the the bad things that are happening right now or have happened, be focusing more on, okay, who, who in my life needs encouragement right now? And how can I be an encouragement to, to someone, mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing, like when we give our energy, when we give our time, energy, and resources towards, uh, towards love, towards being a source of encouragement and a source of building up another person, we just get the focus off ourselves. So a lot of that stuff, a lot of the complaint, the worry, the anger, the anxiety, that kind of stuff, it, it just, it falls back into its proper place, right? I mean, we're never gonna stop getting angry anxious uh, those are god-given emotions but they, they they so easily get out of balance um, but reorienting our, our thinking and then dedicating ourselves to actions that are about loving others i think will will help us you know get those emotions in their in their proper bound but yeah it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing struggle so you know we we put off complaining about one thing, the next day we are complaining about something else and we need to put that off and, you know, it's a, it's a constant uh, constant struggle, but um, it's a struggle that we need to continue, right? It's a mark that we are Christians, um, but it is also, uh, you know, I think we have, we have to do so and I think we have to remember that it's, it's the Holy Spirit working in us, right? This is a partnership, this is not, us on our own trying to grow in the Christian life. This is a spirit wanting to do a work within us, you know, and we need to put ourselves in a position where the spirit can do that work uh, through internalizing scripture, through having the kinds of conversations and relationships that we have here at this church, right? Uh, we were talking at our table about just the, you know, uh, developing a new habit, uh, putting off old sinful habits really hard. Right, it's not something we can do on our own. We need uh, encouragement, accountability, we need support, whether that's in our families, uh, it should be in our churches as well too. It sounds like the last couple of weeks that's, that's what's been going on with the, the encouragement to each other to help move towards repentance and that's what we need to continue to do. 
uh, is to continue to provide opportunities for us to have these conversations so we can uh, encourage each other towards uh, replacing sinful and habits with righteous habits. Uh, all right, I went way over. Apologies. I'll, I'll repent of that. I will replace my going too long, getting done on time next time, if Jamie ever listens to me. All right, uh, we're done. Thank you all. Have a good week.